Things sure are heating up here in Minnesota. We're getting real close to finding out who the Vikings head coach is going to be. I'm going to take you through the updates and of course answer all your questions because it's Tuesday, Twitter Tuesday, mailbag episode. Let's hit it here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. So, things are getting a little real. Uh, the Vikings Jim Harbaugh dance got a little more official. They are flying him out to interview in person a formal interview on fr- or on on Wednesday uh tomorrow and today on Tuesday Patrick Graham is doing a formal in-person interview with the Vikings so that's a couple more uh that was all reported late on Tuesday night in addition uh Kevin O'Connell and Raheem Morris did their second interviews on Monday the Vikings flew out to California to go interview those two in person um before their Super Bowl run and uh, D'Amico Ryans was also supposed to get one, I believe, on Tuesday, but he pulled out of the process. The reasons for this are conflicted. Um, there's conflicting reports. I'm sure th- both things had something to do with it. Um, most of the reporting says that he just says, you know, hey, you know, I, I kind of don't want to rush my way into a head coaching job. Let me take the right opportunity. Um, you know, thanks for everything, but it's not the right time for me, which is totally respectable. Sure. Go do your thing. And I kind of thought he was too green to be a head coach anyways. It was like my main concern for him. So good for you. That's a responsible choice, I think. Um, but also apparently something about the Jim Harbaugh interest might've turned him off from the process. And there is some reading into that. We might even be able to do Uh, where like, that's gotta be pretty serious if he thinks that it's not even worth his time to do the interview. Right. Um, and that he's going to pull out of the process entirely. But I think also the idea that, "Eh, I don't know if I'm quite ready for this probably plays into it too. make of it, whatever you're going to make of it. Either way, he's out of the running. So right now we are down to four actual candidates. This is the list from which the Vikings will choose their next head coach, Kevin O'Connell, Raheem Morris, Patrick Graham, Jim Harbaugh. One of those four people, um, Jonathan Gannon's out, Todd Bowles is out, all the other people they had interviewed once didn't get a second interview, they're done. Those are the four finalists. Um, here's what it sounds like. There's a lot of reporting coming out that says that Kevin O'Connell is a favored name, but there's also a lot of reporting coming out that it's Harbaugh's job to lose. Um, if you search around Twitter, you can find that. I would say... If, if I were, if I, if I had gun to my head and I had to bet my life on it, my name would come from one of those two, uh, which is disappointing to me. I really liked Raheem Morris. Um, but as I talked about on yesterday's show, I'm fine with, uh, Jim Harbaugh, not a huge fan of Kevin O'Connell at all. And if he is hired, I'll explain that in more detail. Um, but I don't really have time to go into it right now because it seems like that's going to be imminent. And I want to get to your questions, which is the next part of this. It's Twitter Tuesday. So if you have questions for me, you can always send them to me at Lockdown Vikings on Twitter or at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter, or you can send an email to Lockdown Vikings podcast at gmail.com. There's also a Google form in the show notes, or if you're watching on YouTube where I have the rabbits come in sometimes and sometimes they clatter around behind 
behind me and you can see the chaos that they constantly produce, um, you can also leave a comment on YouTube. I'll see it there. So let's jump in to this. And the first question comes from Joe Green, who asks, could it be Harbaugh and not Cousins? Or do I think he'll be too much win now? So the answer to this is, of course, sure. Harbaugh can do whatever he wants at quarterback if he gets roster control, which is a thing I talked about yesterday. I'm not really sure how they're going to handle that um, if he gets roster control or not. But either way, they can do whatever they want at quarterback. They can trade Kirk Cousins away. They can go do something super aggressive, like trade for Russell Wilson or whatever guy you want that you, that might be available. Matt Ryan, I don't know, whoever you think is like better than Kirk Cousins. They can go try to trade for that guy. They can go do something crazy. They can trade up to number two overall in the draft, or they could bridge it over with like Tarod Taylor and then pick a, a guy in 2023 that they like they could do anything they want and i don't think whether or not you're win now or whatever that is a false dichotomy and i i harped on it for the last two years whether or not you are win now or i don't know what the opposite of win that lose now let's not try to win games i don't know it doesn't make a lot of sense to me i know there's the whole like let's tank and rebuild blah 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 but whether you're rebuilding or trying to like maintain competitiveness you need a quarterback that you believe in and so if you rebuild, you get rid of Kirk Cousins. If you want to win right now and you don't think Kirk Cousins is the answer, getting rid of him and replacing him with somebody would be the path. And we'll talk about what that path is at a later date and, and more specifics of that when we have a better sense of what the team is like and who runs it. Don't let yourself believe that, oh, no, they tried to hire a good coach. That means they're going to be good on accident. I don't know. That seems like a very backwards thing. And I've seen a lot. There were a lot of questions like that that were like, oh, no, is, is Jim Harbaugh going to try to win games? I couldn't imagine a greater eldritch horror than a coach that tries to win games. Uh, Gabrielle Greco says, are all the sources that give reporters insider news breaking NDAs? Are organizations constantly on the hunt for these guys or do they just play the game? That is a very interesting question. So I don't think there's like an NDA deal with it, but there is. there are definitely norms. I don't know if any of it's in writing or not, but there are definitely norms. Hey, like, you know, don't be the leak, right? But it's kind of hard to enforce. How do you know who's... Instagram DMing who what, right? But really what you get with reporters, what like a good beat journalist is, is they have friends in the organization. They're pals. They're like people that they hang out with, that they have relationships with, that they foster over years and years and years. Um, you can't just cold clock DM an equipment guy and say, hey, what's the chatter in the locker room like? That's this is a person that they know. And that's what good journalism is, is getting to know those people. That's what like the Courtney Cronins and the Ben Gesslings and the whoever do. And so, yeah, if you work for the Vikings and you're friends with a reporter, you might be more loyal to that reporter because they're closer than you are to, like, your boss, right? Purple Kool-Aid says Lane Kiffin or Jim Harbaugh. That is an interesting question. I have done two deep dives on both of them. <laughs> so I am probably going to say Jim Harbaugh as good as Lane Kiffin would be on the field. I mean, he's schematically, like, totally unquestionably good, like, scheme-wise as a tactician. There are definitely more questions about his ability to build a program than there are Jim Harbaugh. It's a strength for both of them. It's just more of a strength for Harbaugh, who's done it over years and years and years. Kiffin has done the build a program up from nothing thing twice, and both of them very recently. And otherwise, his exits were very chaotic, and so was Jim Harbaugh. I would say the floor for Harbaugh is probably lower, but if I were to, like, make this decision on who I think is more likely to bail out in the middle of the season and go back to a college job Bobby Petrino style. I think that's Kiffin. Uh, I don't think Harbaugh would do it. I, I think he wants to be in the NFL. I, he had a demon to go beat in college. He wanted to go beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten. He did that. Um, and now he's got a demon in the NFL. I think he wants to be in the NFL. And that's why this has gotten more serious than it has in the past. Ryan says, 
teams generally don't want to wait for the Super Bowl contenders choosing to possibly settle for available talent given the offseason timeline. Do you think Morrison O'Connell actually have a shot? Um, okay, I think I understand what you mean is that, like, they might not want to wait for the t- the coaches who are in the Super Bowl because they can't technically announce it or whatever. So do they have a shot? So my answer to this is yes. And let me explain it using the next question as well, which comes from Dustin Roberts, who asks if the Vikings make a decision on one of the Rams coordinators, do they have to wait until after the Super Bowl to announce it? So they have to wait until after the Super Bowl to officialize it, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I believe they can't officially announce that they are going to hire Kevin O'Connell until after the Super Bowl has been played, and then that's when they can actually like do the press release. However, they can agree to it, and they can all say, all right, we'll do it, and we just won't hit the send button until it's legal to, but we'll draft everything up, we'll be good, and we'll, we'll agree to it, and, and we're good to go. And that's when you'll get the the rap sheet tweet, right, the or the Schefter tweet or whatever that says they're going to hire Kevin O'Connell. So we'll know we'll be able to start breaking it down and stuff. They just won't be able to officialize it, which is a formality of a step that you don't actually have to care about. Um, and for that reason, back to Ryan's question, I don't think it really matters. Um, I, I don't think that, that that's going to be a knock on Kevin O'Connell. This is a multi, multi-year decision. The 10-day window between when you decide to do it and when you would actually be able to announce it shouldn't have that great of an impact on, on a decision. You want to affect the team for years and years and years to come. I got a whole bunch more questions I want to get to. Uh, but first, let me talk to you about Gramblin. One of my favorite Gramblin traditions of the entire year is Super Bowl prop bets. I'm super excited to do them and I will be doing them, of course, at betonline.net. They have way more odds and info for the whole playoff seasons from scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And you can do basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds. They are the best in the business no matter what it is, from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is your number one online grambling destination. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to gramble on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks once again for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Let's keep going with this mailbag. The next one comes from Cho, who says, After watching the Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus press conference, convince me that we didn't just dodge a bullet in getting Quasi and whomever he hires instead of these two. Hashtags games are one in the introductory press conference. Okay, so I love the tongue-in-cheek, because people are probably reacting too much to the tone of an introductory press conference, but if you missed it, uh, they both gave an introductory press conference that was very awkward, and it seemed like they were they were reading prepared statements, which is fine, like a lot lot of people do that, but they seemed very nervous and like very not up to the task and there wasn't a lot of confidence. And the funniest thing to me, and I find this no more than funny, like it's just sort of tickles me. I don't think there's any meaning in it. But Ryan Poles had this quote, like, we are going to take the North and we're not going to give it back. But he read it like unconfidently off of a note card and was unable to make eye contact with the audience while saying like that confident language. Like I would respect it if he was like, yeah, we're going to win the division every year. Like, screw you. What what are you going to do? Prove me wrong? All right, come on, come, let's do it. Like that confidence, I would honestly respect, but the fact that he was like reading off of a note card and he couldn't get it like confidently delivered, I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, but hey, who knows? Maybe he's right. Maybe they, they'll build the bears into a juggernaut. That's kind of the fun of the NFLs that we don't know, right? Uh, China Derm says head coach Harbaugh, OC Janoko, DC Vic Fangio, yes or no? Um, so Vic Fangio is probably the odds on favorite to be defensive coordinator if Harbaugh is the head coach. Of course, he was D.C. in San Francisco with Harbaugh. They still remain close. Fangio is a free agent right now, so it all makes sense. 
Um, I don't know how I feel about Janoko. Fangio would be a slam dunk, so yes. But I think I'm done with first-time play caller guys that don't that like are becoming the the offensive coordinator before they're ready to become the offensive coordinator. I don't think I I necessarily like that. Give me somebody with a little experience who's been calling some plays. I mean, I don't need like the oldest McFoldy guy ever, but give me somebody that has an idea of what they're doing. I've had enough Clint Kubiak sitting, and I think as much as I like the future for Andrew Janoko, I don't want to give him a promotion. I don't think that he's really done anything to earn that yet, and he's still in training, if you ask me. Uh, Chad Fitzgerald asks, Vikings Twitter is in one big argument over which is more difficult, drafting a generational talent at quarterback or building a team around a good quarterback. What does the math say? What's the best probability? I would say if you're trying to divide them and do a dichotomy here, you're doing yourself a disservice because every single team is sitting there trying to do both. You, you want to get I, the, the way I see it. There's no wrong way to get a quarterback. Find the guy you are utterly in love with and aggressively go get that guy. There's, I mean, you're not going to get Patrick Mahomes wrestled away from the Chiefs, right? So within reason, if that person's available, but go get your guy, whether it's a draft pick, whether it's a draft pick that's going to be next year and you just need to tie the team over, whether it's somebody you're going to trade for, whether you're you're the Broncos and it's Aaron Rodgers, right? They might have centered their head coaching hire around getting Aaron Rodgers in the building. And I respect that. Go get your guy that's going to bring you to the Super Bowl, Um and also don't neglect the roster around him, right? Like Matthew Stafford's in the Super Bowl the second he got a reasonable team around him, right? And the Lions had decent offenses. They had terrible defenses at the time he was there. He had a couple of years where he made the playoffs when it was like Calvin Johnson and they had a great O-line and, and, and a defense worth worth it, worth its salt. Um, but they still had crappy coaching those years and they still had crappy scheme that year. The Rams are far and away the best team that Matt Stafford's ever had. So you do have to have a roster and you can bring a Matt Stafford to the Super Bowl if you have a roster around him. It's absolutely possible. But the other thing is the Rams went after Matt Stafford. Stafford was their guy and they went out and got him. That is the bold move that they needed to play. And yeah, and then they got Vaughn Miller and they got Odell Beckham and they had Jalen Ramsey, who they traded two first round picks for. And they've got this crazy core of people and some homegrown talent as well. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. But really, that aggressive move was the ticket. If they had Jared Goff, I don't think they're in the Super Bowl. Givney says, any chance Cook or Kendricks could be traded? Um, I, I think there's a chance for everything. I don't think anything's off the table when you bring in a new person. There's no connection. This is not... Kwesi hasn't worked with Eric Kendricks for seven years. There is no attachment to him any more than there's an attachment to a free agent that they're going to sign in, you know, two months. Um, so everything's on the table. The way I will tell you to do this is look at the contracts. Um, Dalvin Cook's contract is pretty difficult to get rid of right now. It's not very efficient to trade away, and it is very efficient for the team that would be receiving him. So the Vikings would be at a hell of a disadvantage. They would be basically eating a bunch of money to give away a player. And to make that disadvantageous move, they would need a lot of draft compensation back in the first place. And I don't know if anybody's going to do that for a running back. So if you can find that deal, sure, then then all of that is, is there. Um, but when it comes to those veteran players who are on kind of freshly restructured and stuff contracts, look at the contract and how difficult it is to trade. Look at how costly it is, how much dead money you, you take, and that will kind of show you who's really going to be on the block. Next one comes from Vikings Pain, who says, which do you do for a Kirk Cousins trade? Would Vikings receive? And then he gave me four options. The first one is third rounder and a cornerback. The second one is a first rounder and a quarterback. 
a first and a third rounder, or the, the last one is weird, it's trading Cousins and 12th overall to move up into the top 10. So you're basically using Kirk Cousins as a bargaining chip to move up in the draft. So the only two I'm even remotely considering here are the first rounder and a quarterback or the one that lets me move up to the top 10 in the draft. And the kicker is, what do I like? Do I like any of the quarterbacks in this draft? I am expecting not to because of what I've heard about this class, but I also haven't looked into it really at all. But if I've like fall in love with Kenny Pickett and it turns out he's going to go up into the top five and that's what I have to do to get Kenny Pickett, I'm going to do it. Um, but otherwise, probably first in a quarterback. That seems like an insane return um, to get like, uh, I don't know, a Baker Mayfield or somebody who can bridge you over or somebody like eh, trade him to, to the Broncos to get like Teddy Bridgewater, or Drew Locke back, right? Like somebody that can just tide you over for the year and a first rounder that will help you flesh out the roster and or be packaged elsewise into something that turns into your real quarterback. Um, or, you know, you can trade that pick for picks next year that then you can use to trade up and get your real quarterback. You can parlay that return into a new quarterback very easily, even if the quarterback you get back is worse than Kirk Cousins. Well, I'm not going to say easily. Nothing's easy here. I probably shouldn't say easily, um, but that would be the, the plan, right? So probably the first in the quarterback, unless there is somebody in there that I think is just absolutely the dude and I need to get really, really aggressive and try to get up to first overall or something like that, then I would probably use the cousins bargaining chip to get that much closer or maybe maybe even get up there add a draft pick in or something like that i have a few more questions that i want to get to want to make sure that i get to all of them so let me get to that but first let me talk to you about your car it's winter and that means if you get stuck on the side of the road that can get really 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 rough so you got to make sure you have a few important things in your car like an ice scraper uh, a tire repair kit um, and a whole bunch of other like necessities, a flashlight and stuff. And Jesus, bring your coat in your car, even if you're just running to the store because you don't want to get stuck on the side of the road. I don't want to lose you. For all of that stuff, head on over to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a place where you can get all of that stuff for like 30, 50% off, like crazy discounts. And it's just because of the way that they do business. They cut out a bunch of middlemen and that means the savings get passed on to you. They're a family company. They've been doing this forever online. The parts or supplies get to get delivered right to your door because they do like gaskets or oil or whatever if you're a do-it-yourselfer. So go to rockauto.com, whatever you buy. Make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you in the How'd You Hear About Us section because if you don't, the rabbits will not stop peeing on everything I own. They have threatened and they will not stop until you let them know that Locked On sent you. And how you heard about a section of rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, let's keep going with these questions. The next one comes from Nick Howard, who says, if you were Quesito Quen Fomenza, would you, in between interviews today, pick up the phone and call the Niners and see if Kyle is still sulking about not having Kirk Cousins and what he would want in return? All right, so I chose this one, but there were a whole bunch of people who were like, what if the, the, the Vikings traded Kirk Cousins for Trey Lance? Because the 49ers are out and now, you know, they're in this weird QB limbo, right? So here's the deal. Any plan you have that requires the 49ers to accept a situation where their two quarterbacks under contract are Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins, both of whom are on big contracts, you, your plan isn't realistic. <laughs> They're not going to take that deal. Now, if your plan is somehow trade Kirk Cousins away to Pittsburgh and then use those assets to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo... Um, whatever, or maybe you're thinking because Jimmy Garoppolo made a run, they'll want to get rid of Trey Lance and maybe you can get Trey Lance that way. I see that. Um, but you're not going to let them, you're not going to get them to have cousins and Jimmy G. You're going to have to parlay that a lot differently. Um, and I honestly, I don't think, I think Jimmy G knows 
And it sounds like all the word out of San Francisco, they all know that Jimmy G's out. He's going to be the one that's traded. He's on the block, sold to the highest bidder, and they're going to move forward with Trey Lance, who they traded three first-round picks for and went and took third overall. That is a hell of an investment to just like dump the guy later because your holdover guy had one good season and almost made it past the NFC Championship game. I don't think anybody's going to fall for that trick. The Vikings didn't do it with Case Keenum. The, I don't think the 49ers are going to do it with Jimmy Garoppolo. Somebody's going to have Jimmy Garoppolo starting for them. It might be the Vikings, <laughs> depending on who's in uh, in that head coach and what their plan is. It could totally be the Vikings, uh, but the the trade would have to get a lot more complex than that. And I don't think Trey Lance is going to be for sale. Dan says, will the Bengals winning without a good O-line affect how other GMs build their teams? My answer to this probably is it shouldn't. I mean, who knows who, you know, falls into what trap, but I, I don't think it should because uh, that, that would be very short-sighted, I think. Um, I mean, just last year, the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl because of a bad O-line. So if the Bengals win one in spite of a good O-line, at, at the very best, you're taking the, you look back one year and the effect is immediately canceled out. And if you look back all the years of the Super Bowl, you're probably going to find that O-line matters a little bit. And if you look at more than just Super Bowls, which every team is doing, I mean, they're doing way more comprehensive analysis to make those decisions, um, then you're kind of going to realize that the Super Bowl is just a drop in that bucket. It's part of the data set and it gets thrown into the machine with every other game, but it's only one game out of a gajillion of them, right? Um, I, I don't think teams ever think that way. Uh, and if they do, they're a disaster. Maybe a team like Washington or Jacksonville, that's like just this notorious, you know, Dan Snyder disaster. Maybe they do it that way. Um, but I don't think teams should do it that way. When they're discussing a roster building strategy, it's comprehensive. It is removed. It is big picture. It is zoomed way out. Whatever happened most recently should not be dictating the way you think the team should be built. If you want to think like teams think. Svartzven says, how important is it that Kwesi gets leadership across TCO to bend the knee? How much latitude will a young GM get? I mean, I don't think you hire the guy if you don't intend, like if you don't trust the guy and you go, well, we're going to hire you, but we're going to hold, we're going to put you on a real short leash. Like, I don't know what, why you would hire a guy if that's, if you, if you distrusted him so much that you would have to do it under that pretense. I don't know why you would do it. So I'm going to guess he's got all the power in the world, right? The Wilfs themselves, too, and they've been very clear about this throughout all of the years. The Wilfs themselves are handing the whole, the keys to the kingdom over to Kwesi. I think they want to have their input in the head coaching process because that's a big decision. But once that person's been hired, then I think they are out. They're, they're just saying, okay, let me open, let me know what we end up on the salary cap so I know what the check needs to be. Like, that's where they want to be. And I think that's good. Um... That, But it's going to be, I, I don't think we can say, like, if, if they make a bad choice, I don't think we can excuse it by saying, well, the Wilfs probably pressured them into it. No, that one's on Quasey and whoever the head coach is and whoever the scout is that made the bad draft pick or whatever, that's on them. Um, but I think in terms of how much latitude, all of it. I think he's got full control. Keys to the kingdom, baby. And finally, Michael Reelman says, which rabbit has the most Jimbaugh-esque energy? This one's not close. It's ZD. Uh, so my two rabbits, they are behind me on YouTube, and there's a lot of new listeners, which is why I'm telling you about the rabbits. Um, the ZD is the boy, and he is a destructo boy, and he uh, breaks things more. He chews things more. I mean, we give him things to break and chew, so it's okay. Um, he pees on the wall a lot. And Zoe does not do any of that stuff. Zoe's much more passive aggressive. She will let you know. She will she will communicate her frustrations with you. She will let you know how much better she is than you. She's very much like a cat in that way. Um, but ZD is exists and there they go. 
uh, Zidi exists to destroy the things in front of him and commit acts of senseless violence. That feels like more Jim Harbaugh-esque energy. Um, so this could break, crazy stuff could break like any moment here. Um, so all of what I've said could be totally outdated. This could be a totally outdated show by the time it actually publishes. So, um, who knows, right? But whatever happens, I'll catch up with it tomorrow. In the meantime, check out Locked on Bets podcast. They'll help you get your grambles straight. And as always, skull.